0: Picture me in the corner at parties offering a free beer for photos of your teeth. They don't give a shit about your tech. Um, They won't check it till Monday if it breaks down on the Friday night. I've got a big appetite for taking risks, I always have, because the only way I was going to get ahead, I didn't have any mentors that were successful. I didn't have any risks. I had to take huge risks.
1: Welcome to Add to Cart, Australia's leading e-commerce podcast that express delivers all you need to know in the fast-moving world of online retail. Every week, Nathan Bush from eSuite and an e-commerce industry expert will share the news, research, and insights that you need to know to keep you at the top of your game, and of course, keep your customers adding to cart. Hello, and welcome to Add to Cart. My name is Nathan Bush, host of Add to Cart and director at e-commerce talent agency eSuite. This week. We have our very first doctor on Add to Cart, and potentially, this might be a little bit controversial, but potentially our most humble founder to date. Kyle Turner is doing some very impressive work to improve the health of Aussie mouths with his startup, Pearly. But getting him to toot his own horn was, well, kind of like pulling teeth couldn't resist what i'm trying to say is that like many social impact founders kyle's doing great things but sees his work as a simple matter of fixing something that's broken in this case the dental care system in australia now pearly has two sides it's a free app that gives users a virtual dental checkup but it also has an online range of oral care products which it sells through its site Launching in 2020, Pearlie have raised almost $3 million in seed capital and are on a mission to improve oral health all around the world. In this chat, Cole shares how his own upbringing informed his mission. He talks about the huge tech mistake that he made with his first startup and why he's passionate about giving back to Indigenous communities as a proud We're a Jury Man. Meanwhile, if you are looking to up your own oral care game, now is the time. Kyle is giving AdDecart listeners 40% off, 40% off Pearly products details at the end of the chat. All right, let's get into it. Thanks to our partners, Shopify Plus and Paclio. Here's our conversation with Kyle Turner, founder and CEO of Pearly. Kyle, welcome to AdDecart. Thanks, Nathan. Very happy to be here. You are our, our first doctor on Add to And tell me, I don't know if I can even say this word right. You're an epidemiologist. So I, did, I screwed that up straight away. No, it's, it's come, on, mate.
0: It's, the, it's been the year of the epidemiologist. And I haven't worked on COVID. I feel quite bad. All my mates have been like, sleeping under their desks and burnt out. And here I am
1: doing a bloody startup. Yeah, a startup, though, in e commerce. So probably the other industry in COVID that weren't bananas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're pretty new. So I think like I can speak to any listeners that are uh, pretty early on in their e-commerce journey. But we started as a software company. And we could talk about that, But how we pivoted into e-commerce just because of COVID and all the dental practices closed, which kind of fucked our business model.
1: So we had to pivot. What was that moment? Tell us about the moment where all the dentists closed. What was your realization then? Right. There's a lot to unpack with that one. Um, so...
0: Epidemiologist, this is my second style. It's called Pearly. I built an app in 2019 that uh, scans your mouth. I'm using uh, AI to, to take photos of your teeth and your gums. And I developed an algorithm that checks for tooth decay, gum disease, uh, and so forth. It's a free dental checkup. And it's got free oral health education because it's a big public health problem. You know, we're, we're a purpose-led business. And the one of the ways we're going to make money was referrals to dentists. So I'd, I'd onboarded over 3,000 dentists around the country. So at the end of your free dental checkup, we're like, okay, book a dentist appointment. We've spotted some problems. And we launched in April 2020. And then two years, pretty much all the dentists were closed. Those that were open had a huge backlog of patients. Um, so we just <laughs> – that was <laughs> – so – and i would raised – we've raised nearly $3 million in, in C capital. So I had commitment to investors and my team. And we had to make money, obviously. But so oral care products, so we developed our own line of eco-friendly, trying to remove as much plastic as possible for our oral care products uh, because we can spot that you've got flossing and like, hey, use our floss.
1: And when you say that you developed an AI technology to diagnose any mouth problems, teeth problems, gum problems. How do you even start with that? Because as I haven't seen it before. I've never seen anyone go out to do it. So is it you literally creating it? Have you got a team around you? How does it you even do that? With great difficulty. Just because it's health
0: healthcare, all the data privacy issues. So getting the, the algorithm was the easiest part. But there's three things you need. Shitload of data and health data is really hard to get. You have to collect it yourself. So picture me in the corner at parties offering a free gear for photos of your teeth. I did that in 2018, and then I ended up paying people online, thousands of people around the world, for photos of their teeth and gums. It's a weird thing. I still get friends come up to me at the pub and they grab, hook my cheek and go, hey, hey, show me your teeth. So it's just this weird thing. I've got this reputation
1: now amongst my friends. But anyway. I was about to say, you'd have to be careful how you position on the internet. People just think you've got a weird fetish.
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely not. We had good intentions. But anyway, so we had to get lots of data. and That took a long time. And then you need domain expertise to train an algorithm. In my case, I needed dentists. So and dentists are bloody expensive. They're very busy. So now I have a team of dentists in India. They're working full-time uh, that are labelling tens of thousands of dental images. And now we've got this huge, beautifully annotated data set. And then you do the algorithms, third final piece. And with a big, great data set, it's quite easy
1: yeah okay and when you took this solution to dentists at the start, were they threatened or were they embracing it straight away? Some get a bit you know uppity I was at purpose
0: conference last week in Sydney and I was, I was bloody I was on a panel and there was a dentist from the crowd and he asked this extremely technical long like four minute question. I didn't even know what the question was in the end you're like you can't detect tooth decay when it's inside the tooth and he tried to throw me off with a really technical question, and he did. He was worried that I was going to replace his six-monthly checkups for his dental practice with our tech, which is not the case. Those people that go to the dentist all the time, they're not who I'm targeting, but 65% of Australians haven't been to the dentist in the last two years. I want to provide a support tool. It's free, so I'm not making any money off it, for you to check your oral health at home by yourself. So those are the people I'm after. But there are amazing dentists out there. They get a pretty bad rep. We work with heaps here in Melbourne that uh, want to volunteer their time. They want to help because they understand it's a big public health problem. So let's say, Nathan, you've got a toothache and you're here in Sydney or Melbourne and you rely on the public dental system, which is 35% of the country. How long do you expect to wait to book a dental appointment for your toothache? Oh, and I'm in pain at this point? Yeah, you're in pain. You've got to go and see a dentist, but you, you can't afford a dental checkup, which is $231 on average. Yeah. So, And then you've got to pay for the filling. So you're looking close to $1,000. You don't have that money. You need to go to the public system. How long do you expect to wait for an appointment?
1: Well, if you're in pain, you'd want in the the next day or two, right? That's about
0: three years on average. Yeah. That's insane. So I want to use my tech. Eventually, we're going to run clinical trials next year. It is a registered class on medical device, but I want to get a higher classification. So it's a real diagnostic tool that GPs can use. We want to use our tech to triage those appointments. So those who are in greatest pain, the greatest need, get those appointments first. There's nothing like that at the moment, but that's what we're trying to build.
1: So obviously, commercial model there around giving people this great tool to be able to self-diagnose, but then get the help that they need. And I'm assuming there's some sort of arrangement there with dentists for leads that you send them?
0: Yeah, so state government private health insurers, aged care, schools, there's lots of potential buyers, but we've been wanting to do these clinical trials to build up a greater body of evidence. But because of COVID, we just haven't been able to. And this year, they've been trying to clear the backlog. So next year, that's in the the works. And then tell us about the e-commerce side of it. It was a pretty easy decision. It was always in the works, but uh, it was during COVID, it was pushed along a bit faster than we expected. Yeah, we've got our own line of oral care products now that we donate half our profits. Just going back to public health briefly, I will talk about e-commerce in a minute. I promise. No, no, no. So there are two sides of the coin in public health. There's prevention and treatment. The Pearly app is uh, great for prevention. It's free checkups, free education, but it doesn't treat. There's a lot of people out there, particularly disadvantaged groups, that need treatment. So we've adopted the model. We donate half our profits. I know you've had Simon from Who Gives a Crap on your show, and uh, we worship that guy and his company. We love it. And we've we basically just stolen the business model, and we want to buy our own dental trucks, so purely dental trucks. The dream is to eventually have a fleet driving around the country, a First Nation communities, homeless, homeless people, um, refugee groups. So, And that's the treatment side of the, the, the public health coin. So we've, we've got that model. We've got software solutions and oral care products. Half the profits will fund those trucks.
1: Ever scrolled through an e-commerce packaging website for fun? Nah, me neither. Until today. Paclio is putting the joy into the packaging game. So let's play a game. I'll tell you the name of the Paclio product and you have to try and guess what kind of product they are. Fairy floss. Compostable mailer. Queen Bee. Honeycomb padded mailer. Here we go. Gummy shark. Water activated tape. Now, if my jaded self thinks that this packaging is fun, imagine what your customers will think. Paclio is also eco-friendly, Australian-owned and operated, with same-day dispatch and 14-day returns. Now, that's pure joy for everyone. Check out the Paclio range of e-commerce packaging options at paclio.com. That's Paclio, P-A-C-K-L-E-O, paclio.com. How far off the trucks are you, do you reckon?
0: Um, we are saving up for our first one. We're now talking to a few donors to help us get our first one because we only started paid advertising. This is great. We're getting to e-commerce now. We're making money off some software we build for some dental companies, which is great. We're not profitable yet, but we're, each month it's going up. But for the oral care products, we only started paid ads in June this year. So we're very green. We've made all the mistakes that I'm sure some of your listeners have made. So we're really happy with it now. We've fully automated um, the payment process through the delivery. We outsourced our 3PL to a 3PL provider, but now it's starting. This this machine just starting to warm up, and it's it's quite exciting. I still love getting the notifications from Shopify every time I get a sale. I look forward to the day when I get when I turn those off. Yeah, when
1: you go, uh, it's too annoying now. Yeah, no, I
0: still still really enjoy it.
1: <laughs> and it's a competitive category, right, because you're doing everything from toothbrushes to teeth whitening and everything in between. It is competitive out there when you've got some people who have been in this space for a long time. What have you found that's allowed you to get those little wins and those little step-ins to new customers to try for the first time? There's two things.
0: There's so sustainable products. I think the world's moving towards... Our customers are moving towards sustainable products. That's what they expect, and even more. I think we might be a bit early. Is purpose-led businesses? I think they really stand out. So we've ticked both those boxes by plastic-free. Our T20 kids has got plastic, but um, we've removed as much as we can, um, like as much as possible. And then we don't half our profit. So we think we've got a pretty powerful brand story um, to help stand out. But otherwise, they're just they bloody good products. We tried. Dozens and dozens of prototypes for our bamboo toothbrushes to a toothpaste. We've got something we're really excited about is this recyclable electric toothbrush that's coming out. It's coming about March, April next year. So it'll be, it'll be the world's first fully recyclable electric toothbrush. We partnered with TerraCycle. They recycle those hard products that, that are hard to recycle. But there's this new type of plastic. You'll, you'll, it doesn't burn. You can melt it down and remold it into other products. So it's pretty cool. It's a bit tricky, so we're on the third round of prototypes now, and it's this prototype's been pretty good, but it's still a bit fidgety. That's well, that's going to be our flagship product, which is quite unique.
1: That's awesome. You strike me as the kind of person who doesn't do things the easy way. You have big visions, and you you want to kind of reinvent what's normal. Would that be fair? They should be recyclable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> our business should have a social purpose and give back to the community. So, no, it's just the way I believe it should be done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But there are easier parts there, whether it is the recyclable toothbrushes, whether it's reinventing the way people look after their teeth. It's like you have a vision of how it should be and you're not going to let anyone get in the way of that.
0: Yeah, either I'll fail trying to do it, but we're really lucky we've got some really good impact investors behind us and they love what we're trying to do. I keep referring to who gives the crap when I keep asking them for more money because they've just raised, I think, 40-something million dollars in their first round of funding. So it shows that this business model, even though you're giving away half your profits, can be very successful. And The market is shifting. Customers
1: are expecting these, these types of companies. Tell me about some of the communities that you support. Who do you think are in most need of oral support? Um, the most,
0: well, 35% of the country are on public systems, so there's, there's a huge need there because the public dental system is not fit for purpose. Only 10% of dentists in Australia work in the public system because they make a lot of money in the private system. Why would you? Um, and they're underfunded. The First Nations community, so I'm I'm, I'm First Nation. I'm viragery I'm from Dubbo in central New South Wales. Shout out to anyone listening in Dubbo, which is my mother's viragery country, and that's where I want to work first. And with the trucks, we've got these ambitions to use them as training programs for First Nation dental practitioners, I want to make our tech free for Aboriginal medical services. So, look, there's a lot of need out there, but that's definitely where we'll start, and probably in regional or remote communities.
1: Yeah. And do you find when you reach out to communities or people leading programs in communities that they are very welcoming and open to the idea, or definitely rural and remote because they
0: really struggle for medical services, but specifically dental. Now it's free dental. Like who doesn't want that? But not just us. Government are really interested. Private health is i really interested. Dental is a loss leader for them. We need to do our job and build up the, the clinical evidence. Our preliminary evidence is really good. It's basically anything a dentist can detect by a visual examination, by looking in your mouth. There's no reason why computer vision can't copy that. But you will still need x-rays down the line, but you don't want to get them every six months
1: because it's just not healthy. Mm. And are there any customers or users of the app for the first time that have stuck into in your mind and like you've seen them use the product and their surprise or their fascination at the results that have given them
0: loads we're getting about 1200 downloads a week at the moment it's just going up and up and we're not doing any paid ads for the app it's just people downloading it they want to. no one looks in your mouth. when's the last time you actually got in front of a mirror and just like put your tongue out and checked under and so we we're like it's a really interesting moment when you've captured their attention. They're looking at their photos going, fuck. But so we've got heaps of great stories of people that have seen really serious gum disease. So their teeth looked great. Like they were white and straight and, but their gums were just in real uh, disarray. And then they booked a dentist's appointment. They hadn't been in years and, um, they actually had to have a lot of surgery, but they just never thought to check their mouth. So we're, we're building awareness and trying to help people. We've given them advice and what they need to do. That's, that's the prevention side.
1: I love it. So good. Now, you mentioned you're a proud we're a jury man. And do you feel that there is enough support or even community for Indigenous entrepreneurs in Australia? Uh, look, There's a lot of
0: goodwill out there and it's growing. Yeah, I do actually think they can always do more, but compared to what it was five years ago, ten years ago, or before that was like non-existent. Big corporates now starting to switch on that, you know, when you've got a choice between a caterer, you can use a First Nation business as part of your corporate social responsibility. Um, yeah, and I I found, like, you've got let me on your podcast. I know it wasn't because First Nation, but there's a lot of goodwill out there. People want to help. They want to help raise the profile of our First Nation businesses. They want to connect you if they can. They want to use your service if they can. I'm pretty optimistic. I think it's been, it's pretty good nowadays.
1: Yeah. And if we've got First Nation entrepreneurs, founders listening who are going, oh, I know there's a lot of support out there. There's other great business leaders out there. I just don't know how to connect or, you know, tap into that community. What advice would you have for them?
0: There's a great program run by Mindaroo, the Mindaroo Foundation. Uh, they, they run this program called uh, Dream Ventures where it's in First Nation Entrepreneurs, and I was teaching on it in September. It was run through the University of Melbourne. It's online, but we had about 30 participants in the younger group and then 30 in the older. Just um, incredible guest lecturers from Blackbird, Facebook, that would come and talk and just give you advice. And Minderoo funded the entire program, so it was free, First Nation Entrepreneurs. That's a great program. You know, great teachers. I'm on it. So, <laughs> so <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. So that's a great place to start. But yeah, it's just like any other entrepreneur. You have to hustle. You have to go to the events. In 2018, I'd i moved to Melbourne. I had five years in the UK. I failed my first startup there. But I knew I, I didn't know anyone down here. I'm not from this community, so I just kept going every night to the AI talk or a startup talk, e e-commerce talk, because there's so many events, particularly in the big cities. And you just get to know people. And now I've got this group of friends from the startup community in Melbourne where we go for beers on Friday after work. And we just, if there's a grant going, or if you've got an issue with an employee or, or an investor or introductions, you just go build that network.
1: It's nice to have that network. I call them like real talk networks where it's like, yeah, yeah, yes. you can just lay it out in the line. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can ask the, the prickly questions. That's it.
1: What was the first startup, and what lessons did you take from that?
0: My PhD was at Oxford University. It was around childhood obesity prevention, and Deliveroo had just started in 2016 in London, and I was pissed because they party with McDonald's, Domino's, and it just made it even easier to get junk food. And I thought, all right, we need a healthier alternative delivery. So I started. um, I raised 100k, put 30k of my own savings into it. And we built an app and I had a six delivery riders at eight restaurants and we had a, on the weekends, Refugee Kitchen. They made traditional meals and we sold those. It was going pretty well, but I just made all the mistakes, ran out of capital, Tap kept breaking because I outsourced it to an agency, which is a terrible idea. Yeah, just all the problems. Um, one of my bikes I had an accident. <laughs> it's just a shit show. So I moved to Melbourne in 2018, just completely burnt out, but I knew I wanted to do another one. I lost 30K, but I think MBA has cost about 50 grand. So, and I learned a lot
1: more than than those guys. When you talk about the tech, the lesson from the tech being outsourced, how did you structure it differently when you built the new tech for Pearly?
0: I learned a lot myself and I hired people that can build it. And I needed to pre seed capital. Basically, I raised 200K on the idea to hire these people. I didn't pay myself because the agencies, they don't give a shit about your tech. Um, They won't check it till Monday if it breaks down on the friday night which is what happened to our delivery app so we lost the whole weekend of revenue because i didn't know how to fix it and i didn't have a technical co-founder so that was the biggest mistake i made and it was also extremely burns really capital outsourcing to an agency especially when it is your business asset right yeah no it's
1: dumb i don't know a couple of i did that <laughs>
0: good lesson
1: good lesson And thank you for sharing it with everyone else so hopefully no one you know people listening to this don't make similar mistakes We know that customers are going to be more price conscious in 2023, but it doesn't mean that they've lost their soul. Shopify conducted a global survey to understand customer trends and found that Australian customers are actually the most passionate about buying locally to reduce their carbon footprint. And while price pressure won't go away, the research showed that the majority of Australian customers will wait longer for delivery and recommend a product that is sustainable at its core. We're such a good bunch here, aren't we? To view more resources, to help with your 2023 planning, and see how Shopify can take your e-commerce business to the next level, visit shopify.com forward slash au today.
0: Have you had many uh, technical businesses or AI businesses coming?
1: Not so much AI. A lot of technical businesses, we find that... People either see tech as an asset, which is exactly what you've built here. You've built Pearly as an asset, whether you go on to sell it or invest or raise, it's like there's so much IP and uniqueness in what you've built. Or people look at tech and go, I'll buy as much off the shelf as I can so I can stay as flexible because really tech isn't our differentiator, our product is, or our customer service is. or You know what I mean? So I think it's really good for people to go, yeah, we're a tech business. Or actually, no, we're not a tech business where I see people getting in trouble is when they try and do both. It's like, yeah, we'll build a bit of this, but then we'll outsource a bit of this, and then just turns into this big mess.
0: Yeah. Well, we definitely had a bit of a mess in the early days developing our oral care products. We've been working on this for 18 months, and now we feel like we've got our act together. But yeah, while also trying to build tech, we probably actually took a step back from tech for about 12 months because COVID was happening. We're in Melbourne lockdowns, and we weren't making any money off the referrals. And, you know, we had a basic algorithm. But, yeah, so we were actually able to focus mostly on the oral care products. But doing both now would be nuts.
1: Yeah. And when you mentioned that you took some time to upskill yourself, especially in AI and the tech. Oh, pretty highly. Yeah, but that sounds daunting, right? But you'd have to be at a point where you can speak confidently towards... What's behind it and what's powering it? Right? How long and how much effort do you think you needed to spend to get to a level where you wouldn't be found out by those four-minute questions?
0: No, no. I'm going to a very high level. I've learned more than I realised, but no, I've got amazing software developers and uh, data scientists that I'm blessed to work with. But no, these days I've, I haven't read up often what they're using at the moment
1: for a long time. So I just let them. I get out of their way. And make them <laughs> Cool. And what do you focus on mainly? What do your days look like? Right really, I'm laser focused on getting that first
0: truck because it'll do wonders for our branding uh, marketing. But, you know, I built early to improve oral health. I've got really shit teeth. It's fully preventable. So, yeah, I just I feel like to get to the first truck early is going to be good. There'll be no stopping us from after that point. So, laser focused on that at the moment. And then just the day to day, running the business, trying to keep the lights on. Luckily, we've been able to raise capital and that gives us a bit of flexibility and time to build what we, we dream, you know, what,
1: what our dream is. And when you raise that capital, what was the main, do you remember, is there like a lot of people go, there's one killer slide in my deck or one sentence that I say all the time that when people, the penny just drops for investors. Is there anything like that, that has worked for you that really tells them your intentions behind Pearly and why it's so exciting?
0: The social impact definitely breaks through. But the AI component, the free dental checkups—that's pretty sexy. Everyone knows how expensive dental is. Uh, they see its potential with private health insurers, government, in schools, uh, rural and remote communities, particularly. Yeah, it's definitely our techs, our secret sauce. But now we we love our healthcare care products as well. We think they're pretty special.
1: But it was the AI component that's really broke through. Yeah, amazing. And can you tell us about the Dream Venture Masterclass? I did a little bit of reading on this, and this looks pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, so that's Mindaroo Foundation. That's Twiggy Forest's baby. <laughs> you know, uh, you have your own opinion on Twiggy. Uh, he's a big, big character, but he didn't have to. He's given given away, I think, nearly two billion now to the foundation, and they support many causes. And one of those is First Nation economic development. I'm seeing a lot more philanthropic organizations, family officers looking to do something in this area, like Yajalara Trust in Melbourne. They're doing some pretty cool things. But, yeah, Mindaroo, they, you know, Twiggy is an entrepreneur and he, I believe business has a huge role to play. And so they started in 2018 or 19 Dream Ventures, and now it's grown into the course they ran online in September and had like 60 businesses from around the country so I think next year it'll be even bigger. And all the big corporates like Facebook and stuff and venture capitalists were really keen to
1: support it. So I think it'll just get better every year. And has Twiggy come on board as from a funding perspective? No, he hasn't. I did try. Oh, come on, Twiggy, <laughs> get behind it. Get that van on the road. Oh, uh, no, to be fair, it was pretty
0: early on. and we were, It was just like an idea. So that's three years ago, I think. Luckily, some
1: others came in. And so the last, last celebrity question I've got for you, I read that might have been the last venture, I'm assuming, that you met one of my man crushes, Jamie Oliver.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, Jamie Oliver. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend. Uh, he's one oh, of the He's good
1: on like outside of TV as he, is, as he seems That's like? He's
0: a nice guy, just a normal guy. So my PhD was in uh, trying to make schools healthier, improve healthy eating and, and physical activity and He's done loads in that space. So he was mates with my supervisor at Oxford and he would pop up and they collaborated a lot. I didn't work with him directly, but he's a lovely guy. Yeah. He does so much community work for his forty. This is how much people love him. So he, you can always tell. So if his staff love their boss, probably a pretty special person for his 40th birthday, they've got this office south of London. He's got a hundred staff. They surprised him with a parade. And all his staff were dressed up in different outfits, costumes that reflected a memory of them working with together with him. And there, it went down around the block, down to the, his own restaurant, which is like around the corner, which is where his whole family were waiting and they were cooking him meals, his favorite meals. The guy is a fucking legend. I don't think he gets enough credit because he's on social media all the time, but people get complacent and sick with people. But he is a bloody legend. He's, he's got four kids with the same partner since he was like 16. Big campaigner for people with dyslexia, self made. Yeah. So I try and give him a bit of a rev up so other people jump on
1: board. <laughs> I can definitely, like, is he someone who inspires you? Because I can definitely see his impact on what you're doing or whether you're just cut from the same mold around, yes, you're great at business. Yes, you can do the innovation, but at the heart of it is a bigger purpose.
0: I grew up in poverty. So you have a bit of a chip on your shoulder um, with First Nations. Businesses, every bloody First Nation business I've come across, and there are thousands around the country, are purpose led. It's because there's a core value you're taught when you're growing up that you give back and you share and you look after your local community. So that core value just feeds into your business model. And I think, yeah, Jamie's definitely got that, but I think people who come um, from a difficult upbringing have that there. Yeah, because maybe they've experienced it. I mean, it's probably something I can unpack
1: a bit more there. Do you think that chip on the shoulder helps you or hinders you?
0: No, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, interesting one is appetite for risk. Yeah. So I've got a big appetite for taking risks. So I always have because the only way I was going to get ahead, I didn't have any mentors that were successful. I didn't have any. Re- I had to take huge risks, and you just dump, you just jump straight in, and with business. That's what I did with my first startup, and I made a shit show of it, but. I learned so much. I learned really, really fast. And now I'm the second one benefiting for that. But a lot of people don't have the nerve to really take huge risks. And like I was flat broke. I lost all my savings, completely burnt out. A lot of people don't feel comfortable doing that, which is fine. But yeah, I've always had a a appetite for it.
1: Yeah, I suppose too, you frame it like that. It's like if you come from a safe, secure place, you'll earn for more safety, more security. But if you've got that life experience and you've been through a bit, you can kind of go, well, whatever happens isn't going to, you know, I'll bounce back up from it.
0: Yeah, maybe you don't commit as much. You don't do the long hours because you've got that safety net. But if it's like do or die, you really do
1: commit. So I think that's a big difference. Absolutely. This has been awesome, Kyle. I really appreciate it. I've got probably the most pressing question as the last one. <laughs> the big question do you brush or do you floss first you floss first mate always yeah you should we've got a blog on this it's amazing
0: how often we get asked that question and dentists get asked that question but you should floss first but dentists really don't care as long as you're flossing we don't care if you do it first or second
1: lovely if you take nothing from this conversation except for that then you're on your way <laughs> but um <laughs>
0: No, what you should take is, is buy a toothbrush.
1: Exactly. To <laughs> Pearly with 2 com. Check it out. I was hugely excited. Like you mentioned some of the things that are coming up, obviously the recyclable electric toothbrush and the big goal of getting that first van on the road. What else are you excited about for yourself and the Pearly team?
0: Um, definitely those two. That's a big focus, but also the clinical trials. So I'm an epidemiologist. Like I Before Pearly, I was, run vaccine trials, drug trials. And, yeah, I want Pearly to become a diagnostic tool that GPs can use. The North Star, I'm sorry I said North Star, and it listed on the MBS. So there's not enough dentists out there, but so then all the GPs, nurses, midwives, pharmacists can use our tech to actually screen for oral health and give advice, which are hundreds of thousands of practitioners right now that should be able to use our tech once
1: we've got there. So more people are getting their oral health check. I love it. Such a big mission, an important mission, Kyle. Thank you so much for sharing. I can't wait to see those vans on the road. How can people get in touch, whether it's communities looking for, you know, partnering with Pearly, people that might be able to help? Obviously, you've got the website there. This is the plug moment. How can people get in touch? Um, We're looking for wholesale
0: partners. So um, all the big ones like Adore Beauty, Mecca. We're now on Coles, Amazon um, but yeah, looking for online digital partners. We're not looking to sell in our retail at this stage. That's just you've got to make the barcodes bigger. You got to get the hook on the bloody packaging that stuff. That, um, but I just, you know, give us a plug on social media if we believe in what we're trying to do. Obviously, buy some of our old care products, which we're, we're giving away a lot of products at the moment in giveaways. We're giving big discounts because we just got to get into the bathrooms and we're only a few months into the journey. So any support at this stage would be huge.
1: Beautiful, and you've very generously given our listeners a coupon code to use, which we'll publish in the show notes. So check that out for forty percent off store wide. But if you want to support even more, buy full price. Um, but there is a there is a coupon code there if you want to go check it out.
0: I would use the coupon
1: code. Uh, <laughs> I, I understand. Very smart. Kyle, thank you so much. Love the mission and thank you so much for sharing with us. We're going to keep a very keen eye on it over the coming years. Thanks, Nathan. I really enjoy your show, mate. Thanks very much. There you go. It's a bit hard to go back to your day job after listening to someone as inspirational as Kyle, isn't it? But Kyle is also sharing the love with AddeCart listeners. He has 40% off oral care products for you at pearly.com that's p-e-a-r-l-i-i.com that's double i.com you can get toothpaste toothbrushes even teeth whitening kits just use the code add to cart 40 or one word add to cart 40 when you check out at pearly.com all right here are the three lessons that i took away from my chat with Kyle, apart from just being a better person in general number one take control of your tech if you want it as a business asset With his first startup, Kyle outsourced the tech to an agency and now says that this was his biggest mistake. So if you're building a business where tech is your differentiator, you need to build and own the tech because it's a business asset. But if you are building a retail business where you can use off-the-shelf tech, use it. Don't build it. It's a very important crossroads decision and one which will have a lasting impact on your business and your profitability number two messy customer journeys now this wouldn't normally be a lesson but can you imagine trying to map the pearly customer journey between the app the physical product and the community partnerships it would be an absolute nightmare it would be fluid and an ever-evolving customer journey it definitely wouldn't be that clear funnel but while it's a messy journey it creates a really strong ecosystem. Mixing up products and services, it's a great hack to continually engage and interact with your customers. So if you're a product-based business, think about how you can add services in to keep in touch with your customers more regularly. Number three, purpose as part of the business model. Pearly give 50% of profit away. Even though they're not profitable yet, they've built it in to the model of the business right from the very get go. And I think this is crucial. Kyle cites who gives a crap as the model that he wants to emulate. And when they do get to profitability, it will just be part of what they do. Trying to reverse engineer community giving once you are... Profitable to the tune of thousands or even millions of dollars becomes really, really hard because all of a sudden you've got investors and operational costs and everything that makes it hard to reverse it. But by doing it at the start means that you will be there all the way through. So think about that if you're starting a new business today. To get the highlights of today's episode, head on over to addtocart.com.au and sign up for our free newsletter. Each Tuesday, We will send Monday's episode summary, links, and discount codes for you to go next level on. And if you're looking to explore your next e-commerce opportunity, come and visit us at eSuite. We're a dedicated e-commerce talent agency connecting the best e-commerce talent with the fastest growing brands in Australia. Head on over to eSweettalent.com.au where you can download the free e-commerce salary guide and sign up to our weekly e-commerce job emails. Thanks for listening and until next time, keep those customers adding to car.